Welcome back to The People Show. Jamie Eisenberg is going to join us shortly. Josh Elliott Wolf, Dominic Schermatti here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, keep your texts coming in on the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. And we are coming to you live from the Kintech studio. It is Wednesday, so we're going to get in some uh, fantasy football talk. Might be the best week of NFL action of the year. We should also mention JanPro, the leading in, lead, sorry, JanPro, the leader in commercial cleaning. Keep your workplace safe during this flu season by trusting JanPro's EnviroShield disinfection service. Visit JanPro.ca. Exciting. Yeah. Um, so it is that time of year? It is. It is. You We're know, feeling it here. Bick, Bick is. Uh, yeah, exactly. We uh, need some JanPro in here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely. Uh, but it is the people show. Um, to, do, would you agree that of the regular season, other than maybe week one, because you're building the anticipation and everything, this is the most exciting week of NFL football? In my opinion, it is. Because you get the Thursday Thanksgiving? games. Thanksgiving? Yeah, you get the three <laughs> Thursday games. You get a Friday In game. fantasy, yes. Uh, my fandom? <laughs> no week is exciting for The Tom, only week Tom. that's exciting is the week before week one. Because you never know. <laughs> You never know. Uh, especially this year. And then Aaron Rodgers hurts himself three plays in. That's life. That's so, life. yeah, to answer your question, yes, in fantasy football terms. Uh, by the way, your Jets in action on Friday. The Black Friday the, game, yeah. Yes, against the don't, Dolphins. Don't get me started on Black Friday. That should go fine. We'll, we'll get into that uh, later. But right now we want to welcome in uh, Jamie Eisenberg, fantasy football and NFL analyst, for CBS Sports. Uh, thanks for taking the time, Jamie. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Thanks for having me. We are doing well. Looking forward to tomorrow's slate of action in the NFL and uh, brought you on to talk fantasy football. And we'll, we'll start with the morning game, uh, the Lions and the Packers. Uh, I wanted to ask about, so Jameer Gibbs seems to finally be reaching his, his ultimate potential that we all kind of hoped for, even with David Montgomery coming back from injury. Do you think that both of, the, both of these guys can be viable RB1s for the rest of the season? I don't know if you have to label them as RB1s, but I think starters, you know, and, and, and that's probably fair. You know, just looking at depending on what your fantasy team needs and who's on your roster. But, you know, I think they're going to be successful in mixing and matching those guys. Obviously, Montgomery's got more touchdown potential, despite the fact that Gibbs has scored in each of the last two games with Montgomery back. Obviously, Gibbs has more catch potential so ppr versus non or half ppr that will certainly matter but i mean i think that's what the the benefit of this backfield is it's basically what we saw from them last year just with a better version of jamal williams and deandre swift and so you know they were excited clearly when they drafted you know gibbs 12th overall you saw the high fives in the draft room you know we were kind of waiting for the the breakout potential to happen and it happened you know because of montgomery getting hurt now you just want to make sure that they don't put that back in the box and then clearly Montgomery can, can can continue to get the production that you need while also maybe catching a couple of passes like we saw last week. So I think it's just fun to watch these guys, and I think they should run through the Packers' defense tomorrow. Sticking with that game, uh, A.J. Dillon has been a frustrating uh, player this year, especially when Aaron Jones is hurt. You'd hope for more production. He has the chance this week. Uh, is he anything more than a low-ceiling flex appeal? I think that's I think that's a fair way to you know uh, to frame it. You know, it's a uh, it's a brutal matchup. The Lions' run defense has been amazing, really, for the last two years. And so, tough matchup. He struggled. You know, he had three starts essentially with uh, without Aaron Jones. He had one good game. Uh, it was Week Five against the Raiders. The only time he scored a touchdown this year was that game. So he's probably going to need to fall into the end zone. I do like the fact that they've involved him in the passing game the last couple of weeks, and probably with the pass rush on Jordan Love. We could see that be a little bit of a sustaining factor that could help his floor, but 
Uh, probably going to be limited with his, you know, rushing potential. And if he doesn't score, you're looking at a little bit of a dismal stat line. So if you can avoid starting him, I think he's worth rostering because we just don't know how long Aaron Jones is going to be out. But I don't know if you want to start A.J. Dillon this week. Who is the real Jaden Reed? Is he the guy that's going to give you seven points, or is he is he the guy that's going to put up, you know, 10, 15-plus? Uh, probably closer to seven, but, you know, it's been a nice little run, and I think we're starting to see him emerge as the go-to guy in the passing attack. You know, Romeo Dobbs has been the red zone threat, but that's, I think, the the nature of what this Packers offense is. You know, when they moved on from Devontae Adams, they were hoping Christian Watson would become the number one guy. We saw flashes of that last year, but he clearly has taken a step back this year. And Jordan loves spreading the ball around. You know, now the injury to Luke Musgrave, he's not going to play uh, anytime soon because of the lacerated kidney. So, you know, a couple more concentrated targets for those guys. But you're seeing Dontavian Wicks also step up. But, again, if no Jones, no Musgrave, uh, Reed would be the, the, the preferred choice for me. Dobbs would be second. A distant third would be Watson. And then we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, the night game tomorrow, the Niners and the Seahawks, a lot of eyes here in Vancouver on uh, that game. So Kenneth Walker listed as doubtful. How confident are you in, in Zach Charbonnet against that Niners defense um, if he yeah, not, is the main guy? Not not very confident, but I, I do think very similar to Dylan, just a little bit you know better scale, that you should roster him and just see what happens because we don't know how long this oblique injury will linger. You know, You hope with the extended rest after the Thanksgiving game, that, that Walker can come back. But, you know, the, the nice thing about Charbonnet, and you kind of mentioned this, you know, what, what his role is going to be. Um, Ten catches the last two weeks, 11 targets. If he's going to be involved in the passing game, then I like him quite a bit. But if they stick him in Ken Walker's role and then they use McIntosh or DJ Dallas as sort of the pass catcher, then I think that limits the upside for Charbonnet because he's going to have a hard time finding the end zone. And I think the run, running production will be somewhat limited. So uh, similar to Dylan, he's a flex. Um, you know, again, better standing for me. Uh, but I don't want to start him if I don't have to. I just like to roster him just to see what happens. Uh, another Thanksgiving game. It is the uh, Washington Commanders against the Dallas Cowboys, and Brian Robinson has been on an absolute heater the last few weeks, but he's going up against a stout run defense in the Cowboys. Uh, how much do you trust Brian Robinson in like an RB2 role? He's an RB1 for me right now if Antonio Gibson is out. If Gibson plays, he's questionable, game-time decision, then I would – you know, not necessarily run away from Robinson, but I'd be very concerned just, just because the thing that's helped Robinson the last two weeks, as you mentioned, him on a heater, is the work in the passing game. Six catches two games ago against Seattle, heavily involved in the passing game against the Giants. And so that workhorse role, but really the, the passing down work, has kind of been the benefit of, of what you're getting from Robinson's fantasy production. So Gibson had three straight games with five catches, so I think that will be a, a hindrance to what Robinson's ceiling is. So just keep an eye on that active and inactive tomorrow if we don't get any word prior to that. Uh, so Robinson more of an RB2 if there is no Gibson, but a definite must-start if Gibson is out. It is the People Show. Josh Elliott, Wolf, Dominic Schmatty, joined by Jamie Eisenberg of CBS Sports, talking fantasy football. Um, so moving off of tomorrow's games and on to Sunday, uh, no Joe Burrow for the Bengals. How do you feel about the weapons, the main guys, the Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and, and potentially T. Higgins uh, yeah. with Burrow out? Sounds like Higgins is probably not going to play, just missing practice again on, on Wednesday. Uh, just keep an eye on that. But uh, for Chase, you know, he goes from a top-five wide receiver to more of a top-15, top-20 guy. I don't think you're benching him outright, but if you have some good options, you might consider it. Uh, Mixon goes from a borderline top-10 running back to a top-20 guy. You know, again, similar, just downgrade. He did not perform very well when Burrow was dealing with the calf injury, so keep that in mind early in the season when the passing game was limited. I think that's the kind of Mixon you expect, but you hope that Jake Browning will keep him involved in the passing game, and that's kind of what will save his production. But, look, they got a brutal schedule coming up. The Steelers' run defense is obviously very good. So 
it's going to be tough even if Joe Burrow was in there. You clearly feel more confident about those guys across the board. But without Burrow, it's just going to be a little bit of a discovery game in this discovery couple of weeks to see if you can get to the playoffs with Jamar Chase, with Joe Mixon, with T. Higgins. Can you trust them with Browning? And that's what we're hoping to see. So a big waiver pickup for a lot of teams early in the year was uh, Kyron Williams. And after some time on the IR, he is expected to come back this week. Should uh, owners of Williams expect to see what we saw early in the year? Maybe not this week as he kind of ramps up, but as we get into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, they have a favorable schedule coming up, and, and I don't mind them this week. You know, you, you kind of mentioned that you always get that rust game the, the first time back after a long layoff, but I think they kind of tip their hand a little bit how they feel about him. I know that they brought Daryl Henderson back on the practice squad, but they were quick to waive him you know, right away. And so that, I think, speaks to, okay, we trust that Williams should be good to go. So we'll see if Royce Freeman has a, a role. You know, we'll see if they decide to, you know, maybe give Ronnie, William, Ronnie Rivers, uh, elevate him off the IR spot. Doesn't sound like he's going to come back this week. But um, I think Kyron Williams, last time we saw him, was against the Cardinals. He had over 120 rushing yards. And we know that earlier in the season when Cooper Cup was banged up, he had a significant role in the passing game. So it sounds like they're going to give Williams the opportunity to take over that lead role once again. And given the matchup and the opportunity, I'm going to start him. Uh, how do you project Isaiah Likely's production in a uh, tight end one role? A lot of people invested a lot of fab this week to get him. We know his volume will increase, but is this someone fantasy owners can really lean on in crunch time? It's a great matchup this week against the Chargers. They're top five in fantasy points allowed to the position. But we already got one game without Mark Andrews in this new offense. Yeah. You know, so with the you know, up, up, updated, uh, upgraded receiving core um, week one, you know, granted it was kind of, I think, a, a late call that Mark Andrews wasn't going to play. He had one catch for four yards on one target. Um, Zay Flowers went nuts in that game. We've seen, you know, Flowers have some big games across the season. Obviously, Odell Beckham has stepped up of late. Rashad Bateman's still there. So it feels as if Lamar Jackson has other options. He's going to lean on them. So uh, you definitely want to pick up likely to see what happens. Uh, keep in mind they have a bye next week. But if he goes off this week against the Chargers, which he absolutely could, then you're going to feel really good about having him on your team. So just check your waiver wire. A lot of, a lot of leagues run waivers on Wednesday. Make sure you can still pick up Isaiah Likely if you can. So talking about injuries, there's been uh, obviously a lot of quarterback injuries this year, especially lately with uh, guys being out for the year. Do you think it's worth carrying an extra quarterback on your bench down the stretch here, just uh, just in case one of these main guys goes down? Yeah, it, it, it's also, you know, you're playing defense against the rest of your league too, you know, because everybody's looking for a Joe Burrow replacement, a Sean Watson replacement, you know, people still probably trying to replace Kirk Cousins in some cases, so... You know, if if you are, you know, able to, you only have enough bench spots, it's never a bad idea to carry a second quarterback. And certainly if your trade deadline is not passed yet, you might be able to flip one of those quarterbacks. Like, for example, I had Joe Burrow, but I had, you know, picked up Brock Purdy to play him last week because I didn't like the matchup for Burrow. I'm thrilled to death that I have, you know, Brock Purdy now. And I still picked up a, a Russell Wilson in the league where he was available in that same, same, same league just because, again, you know, you never want to leave yourself shorthanded as the playoffs are approaching. So if you have the ability to carry two quarterbacks, it's, it's certainly a smart way to go. The last thing you want to do is be chasing Tim Boyle or, um, you know, Jake Browning or any of these guys because that's not going to be a pretty sight for your fantasy roster. Uh, talking to Jamie Eisenberg, fantasy football and NFL analyst for CBS Sports. Last one from me, Jamie. Are you buying or selling Khalil, Sha uh, Khalil Shakir shares right now? He feels like a decent keeper candidate, but as long as Gabe Davis is in the picture, I just don't know. If you're talking keeper for next year, I'm absolutely buying because – we know Stephon Diggs and, and his brother clearly not happy about the situation in Buffalo, so he might force his way out of there. And Gabe Davis is a free agent, so we might be looking at a big piece of this Buffalo offense. Uh, for this year, it's not a bad stash candidate if you have a roster spot. You know, this is now two games in the last four we stepped up, and 
clearly their first game with a new offense coordinator. It wasn't a lot of targets. He just made a great play. Uh, but I think they're searching for some answers. And clearly, if he's going to be a part of that solution, then you want to have one of Josh Allen's weapons on your team. So we'll see what happens when Dawson Knox comes back because they'll probably go back to running more two tight end sets as opposed to three receiver sets. But Gabe Davis is disappearing, and Khalil Shakir is emerging. And so, again, Josh Allen's weapons are very coveted, and I would want to stash that on my team if I can. Hey, Jamie, really appreciate you taking the time and enjoy the slate of action this week. I appreciate that. Take care, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. That is Jamie Eisenberg, fantasy football and NFL analyst for CBS Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Jamie Eisenberg. And uh, that fantasy football update brought to you by the Clayton Public House. Pre-game to post-game, the Clayton Public House is your home of football. Catch all the action on 15 screens and two giant projectors, the Clayton Pub. Dot com. By the way, Canucks Central is going to be live from the Clayton Public House uh, tomorrow ahead of the... Your voice went high. I know. I thought it was, I thought it was two days lying? from now, and then I was surprised. <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, show oh, up. They're not there. Uh, they will be there from three to five ahead of the Thursday nighter. Sick. Which you can hear here on uh, Sportsnet 650. You can hear here? Hear, here. Spelled differently. Sound the same. Hear, here on Sportsnet 650. Are you a big uh, American... Thanksgiving football guy? Um I like I'll watch it. All day? Yeah. Well we like mm, I I won't say I go out of my way to like book off the day. You know, like Bick Nazar, I know he's sick right now, but he's still booked off tomorrow. Sick right now. Yeah. He's really just laying that. He's in his spreadsheets right now. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But uh he's sick right now, but I know he books off the day because I believe him and a bunch of friends. Now I don't know if he'll get together with friends. I don't know what Bick does um spreadsheets but yeah aside from that um but he booked off the day to watch all the football catch all the action i have no show tomorrow you have no show tomorrow regardless um sick yeah but i, I wouldn't say i go out of my way to watch the all three games all three games if the vikings are playing if it's a morning or midday game like i'll, I'll make time for that but aside from that if i'm at home it'll definitely be on but I, I don't let it hinder my daily activities. Right. I guess it's kind of weird. And I ha- well, I'm usually producing midday. Yeah. So it's usually on all day. If anything, for us, it's just like, oh, neat, we get to watch football while we're while at we're work. working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but also our jobs. It, it you don't have to book it off. It feels weird to me. Yeah. It feels weird to have football on in the middle of a work day. I don't know. It's it's kind of like baseball in the middle of the summer. It's just kind of on. It's in the background. It's I there. like it though. I like it. Yeah. You know what I'll be doing tomorrow night? Watching a football game. Producing 32 thoughts with the Seahawks game on. Awesome. Great. Cool. It's nice. Dominic Schermatti, host or not host. I wish. Whoa. Producer of the 32 Thoughts podcast, uh, gracing us with his presence on the People Show today. Don't forget it. Uh, Don't forget it. Uh, We we get reminded every day, so we can't forget it. No, I legitimately wish I could. But I can't. For your company Christmas gift, I've gotten you a T-shirt that says "I know the thirty-two thoughts producer." Honestly, I I'd find it fun. I'd probably wear it at the gym. That should be gym. pretty funny. <laughs> Just banging yeah. out reps on the bench press. Yeah. Who's that guy? I he knows the producer yeah. of the thirty-two thoughts podcast. Anyway, did we want to do a fill, fill in, in the, the blank. blank? Hit it. Give me a second. Hold on. It's not like you were prepped for it. Well, I didn't know we were doing that. <laughs> Good job, Ben. We're big show. There you go. Where was the prep? Hey, Ben, we're gonna do fill in the blanks today. I literally told you, you before the segment started. Regardless, <laughs> we're here now. Um, you 
I prep the you blanks. You prep the blanks. And then you will answer them. We'll have a okay. bit of a discussion. Yep. Uh, this was a hot topic on 32 the other day. Uh, Patrick Line getting healthy scratched is blank. It can also is. be was. Up to you. Take what? it how you like it. Uh, is and was justified. He hasn't been great. I agree. Like, I, I get it because he's Patrick Laine. You expect him to be good. You're Columbus. You're not a very good team. Why are you scratching your good mm-hmm. players? Um, he's so but, enigmatic. Yeah. Like, he has such talent, and yet it just seems to come in. It's like James Harden. Like, we know you can score, but where's the... Yeah, just do it. Yeah. Um, it's similar to, like, people in Vancouver last year. Remember they were clamoring for a JT Miller scratch when he was in his rough patch? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have faulted the Canucks if they did that last year. And it's the same with the Blue Jackets now. But who's the bigger star? Um, bigger star is in popularity. Be Patrick Lyon, you know? That, well, popularity would be Patrick Lyon. Yeah. But actual, like, productivity would be JT Miller. Yeah. Um, also, it's tough tough sledding right now in Columbus. Like, nothing seems to be going right there. No. If I'm Adam Fantilli, I'm like, why did I get drafted here? <laughs> But also, like, I feel like these guys are always like, oh, I can be the guy to fix it, you know? They're like um, when a when a girl gets into a I knew you were going to. <laughs> with, like, with a toxic guy. It's like, I can fix him. I can fix him. <laughs> Never do. That's uh, prospects with crappy NHL teams. Uh, next one. Uh, yes, I have things to say about this. Brady's comments, I'm sure you've heard. Uh, Brady's comments about there being a lot of mediocrity in the NFL today is blank. Is insane. Really? Do you agree with yeah. Tom Brady? How? In what way? Look at the starting quarterbacks from the last week. Sure, but there's a lot of injuries right now. <sighs> Touche, but still. like, like We are watching a lower level of product of football. Realistically, to start the season... Let's go, let's go back to the start. You would have been like, wow, this era of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson has been great this year. Aaron Rodgers. Um, injured. Injured. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is like right now, if you want to say, hey, this these this past couple weeks and these pa- upcoming couple weeks might be filled with some mediocre quarterbacks, that's fair. But also I think we have to acknowledge why those quarterbacks are playing, and it's because there's a bunch of injuries. Um, I don't know, man. That star power just isn't there. I think it is. Like, like Sam got, Howell, eh. Sure, but he's Jared a Jared Goff, meh. CJ Stroud Brock breaking Purdy, onto the scene. Meh. CJ Stroud has been great. I Tua's Mac taking Jones a step. keeps getting benched. Zach Wilson is awful. There's Desmond o- Ritter is awful. But there's Kenny always Pickett bad is awful. quarterbacks. Russell so, Wilson's on, falling off like, the map. There's like, Russell Wilson's been but good. Josh Dobbs is I think the not quarterback good. argument's the weakest thing. That you could argue for, like what Brady said about coaching, that could be valid. It is what valid. What Brady said about offensive players needing to protect themselves more, and the onus not being on the defense, I think that's valid. But the lack of talent, I'm sure you could go to any era and start listing the worst quarterbacks and yeah, be like, oh, that I guy wasn't know. very good. I just I feel like we we came out of an era of quarterbacks that was just elite, and we've come into this kind of just mushy middle. Okay, of was, na- name meh. five more than five quarterbacks that were elite. From both, both Mannings, Roethlisberger, Brady. Eli Manning was not elite. That, not like, two Super Bowls. Elite. Okay, like, he was not an elite quarterback. Uh, he just knew how to beat Tom Brady. Yeah. And you just named four. Oh, you cut me off. Well, regardless. Drew but, Brees. Uh, but like 10 years from now, I'm going to look back and be like, okay, Patrick Mahomes, 
Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Jabo- Joe Burrow can barely stay on the field. Yeah, because he's got like, but when he's on the field, he's amazing. It's, we've we've watched more football without Joe Burrow in it than we have watched with with Joe Burrow in it. He can't stay healthy. Dom, I think you can point to any era and be like, there was superstars in that era, but there was also not very good players in that era. I I understand what you're saying. My point is that that cream of the crop is thinner at the top right now than it it's it's been since you, we've been watching football. Are you just talking about the quarterback position in particular? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Because I was gonna say like, there's some defensive guys around the league who are like stepping up as well, and like receivers I think are are crazy right now. Like, this might be. I don't want to say the best era for wide receivers, but it's up there. Like, think about how many star receivers are in the league. Perfect, perfect. I love that you're bringing this up. We have so many good wide receivers in this league and trash quarterbacks throwing passes to them. New York Jets, for example. Garrett Wilson, rookie of the year. Mm -hmm. There's no one to throw to him. Devontae Adams, who's throwing to him? What's the guy's name? Devontae Aiden O'Connell? Shocked you knew that. Well... We work here. I know that. Like, what are we talking about? I, I just think it's comparable to any era. And you're always going to have, even receivers, I like, I'm talking about how this might be the best receiver era. Even back in the day, good receivers would have crappy quarterbacks throwing to them. That's how it works. Uh, last one. Last one, really quickly, because uh, I am curious. Josh Elliott Wolf cares blank about the NBA in-season tournament. Um, what's the best word that fills this blank? Josh Elliott Wolf cares a moderate amount about the NBA in season tournament, which is a step up from not soccer at all. Canada? <laughs> yeah, and soccer Canada. Uh, to begin the season, I would have the bl- the fill in would have been not at all. Now it's a moderate amount because I th- I feel like it's actually been the players are more invested in it than I thought they would be. I don't. But here, Shaq made a great point the other night. I don't think the players are invested in the trophy. I think they just want the money. Yeah, and that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I, like as long as you're interest, like committed to it for some reason that makes the product good. Yeah, then I don't care why you're into it. Here's why I think the NBA did really well. I don't necessarily remember on a Tuesday or a Friday that there's in-season tournament games going on. But when I'm channel surfing and I'm like, oh, the different courts on. I immediately, like, I'm going to watch this game. This game's more important. Yeah. Yeah. That's That visual that's cue? Yeah. Fantastic. I don't love the courts. No. But I like the visual cue. They yeah. did They did have to do something to make sure that you know it's knew different. it was yeah. different. And uh, I agree with Ben. Some of the courts suck. But they made it work. And the in-season tournament that's a good point, has been though. better than expected. Uh, who is this dork on the air? It is Josh Elliott Wolf, Dominic Schmatty. This has been the People Show on Sportsnet 650. That was a good lead-in. I'm happy with that. Uh, thank you to intern Joseph, uh, Ben, producing the show as well, and uh, everyone listening, texting, and that was a text I read, by the way, uh, on the 650-650 Dunbar Lumber text line. Coming up, it is Canuck Central. Uh, you're going to hear from Kevin Woodley, Chris Higgins, and a special Olympian as well. Also, it's overrated, underrated Wednesday, so stay tuned for that. This has been The People Show on Sportsnet 650.